Okay, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast. This is Gene, and I've got Jason on the horn, the line, and he just put up some horns. That's right. Jason, <laughs> what it do? Man, it do good, man. <laughs> what what it is, my brother? What it shall be, what it was. Yes. What it be? Man, it'd be, it'd be all right. Be all right. Let's take the first 20 minutes and just exchange uh, pleasantries. How about that? (laughs) Hey, man, how's it going? Greetings. And then the last five minutes, we'll (laughs) do some sort of content. There we go. Speaking of content, I have a a new green book that I will be putting content for this podcast in. I'm upgrading from my people that are listening cannot see this book that I'm holding up. (laughs) My memo book. Mm. yes that's right did have office depot special yes walmart special actually (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but uh i'll be upgrading to this much bigger one that has more um real estate if you will to uh write down it looks really nice it's like library yeah i think i got it for my work actually as a free gift oh yeah i got one of those or two of those we have, I have a huge list of um, potential interview names. Oh, wow. No peeking. Um, <laughs> of people that I'd like to get a sooner or later. Oh, big news. Big news. Oh, big news. Big news. Big yes. news for the podcast, Jason. Oh. Yeah, this is, this is huge. Huge. All right. Huge. I've got mm-hmm. a celebrity coming on. Uh-oh. A bona fide, not, well, he's not you know tom hanks but he is a he is a well-known person by probably hundreds of thousands of people we'll say okay. that would All you like right. to take a guess at who my celebrity is and no it's not Dwayne wayne oh see and i was hoping for that um or Dwayne wade okay all or right LeBron. it's probably not all right let's let me think more local right i'd say think regional 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 okay ah <sighs> Gene, who do you have coming on? Paula Dean? No. Um, oh, I wish. Uh, Jeff Hollinger? No. No, but I've actually thought about that. And I'm glad you said that because uh, he is a person. I'm starting to do my reach out thing where I reach out to some people by emailing them. Yep. And yep. I'm actually going to write Jeff Hollinger in this thing. He's a good Jeff- guy. He, he, he contributes online to that uh, Atlanta um, site I follow all the time. So. Yeah. Well, he's a good Atlanta um, historical figure. I like Atlanta historical yeah. figures that can talk about things in Atlanta's. That's exactly uh, what he posts past. about. Yeah. Um, okay. So maybe Frank Coor, Jeff Frank Coor. No, I'll give you an even bigger hint. It's not, he's not in Georgia. He's not he, in Georgia. He's not in Georgia. Man, not in Georgia, huh? Yeah. Okay. Is he in Alabama? Uh, no. South Carolina. No. Tennessee. See. Si. Mm. That means yes in English, everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you cleared that part up. Um, You're welcome. I do speak a little Spanish. Piquino. Mm. It's muy piquino. Uh, Tennessee. I'm trying to think of people I know in Tennessee. That means very little in English. Um, dang, I don't know, man. Well, I'll give you another hint. It's not um, <laughs> Keith Urban, but he is out of Nashville. He's out of Nashville, huh? Yeah. 
Nashville, well, Nashville area. And it's not Dolly Parton, although I would love to have Dolly Parton on this. Um, so if you're hearing me, Dolly, I think she lives, on. she lives, still lives in, you know, Sevierville. I bet she really, I didn't know that. Okay. Or wherever it is. You think she there, keeps think. a, you think she keeps a place in Nashville? Probably. Nash Vegas as the, um, the cool people like to call it. Um, that I see on my feeds. If you give up, that's fine. Uh, Ben Skill. No. no, that'd be great. Hey, oh, uh, well, I, I'll tell you this much. He is not a musical talent. But he's he's from Nashville. But he, but he is in the Nashville area. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm a little giddy excited about this because this is kind of like my first time. You know, I actually had to speak with a publicist. I had to um oh wow. Or a public relations specialist, if you will, and had Dang. to, you know, um get the guidelines and all that good stuff and hmm. had to set a time up, you know, and I'm going to try to figure out how to do it during my work hours, but Hey, that's cool. Um, Double dipping. Yeah. You know, I can, uh, I know how to meander my breaks the right way. It's true. Um, I can't think of anybody in Nashville that's not related to country music. All right. Well, or, um, or a hockey player maybe for their team, but other than that, well, when, when I tell you, you're going to be like, Oh, Okay. This is from we 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 provided everything goes well we get this done we've got Ken Coleman Dave Ramsey personality coming on the show oh oh okay Ken Coleman is a career um, guidance specialist that's on the yeah. Dave Ramsey show yeah that's awesome that's good and he's coming wow. out with a new book <clears throat> this fall um, and forgive me I forget the name of it but. Um, he is actually going to um, they're actually sending me a copy of the book to read. Um, hmm. I believe it's paycheck to purpose from paycheck hmm. to purpose is the name of the book coming out in November. And so I, awesome. and they're sending me a free copy to review before wow. the interview. Um, awesome. Awesome. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That and is so pretty cool. Yeah. We're just, we're just move, moving right up, Jason. I forgot. You made me lose my train of thought anyway. Um, but yeah, we have Ken Coleman coming on. Um, right. And uh I tried to reach out to another guy who I would love to come on, have come on if he's ever listening to this. Which I don't know if he will. I'm trying yep. to get, uh, I would love to have Mike Wolf on the show. You know who I was talking about, Mike Wolf? Of American hey, Picker fame. American Pickers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I reached out to his website as well to see. So if Mike, if you're listening, I do want you want to have you on the show. Um, I think that'd Mike, be cool to come get on, man. We love your show. We love what you know, what you know. We love your knowledge. We love everything. Come on, Mike. Come on, talk of the now. Yes. <laughs> so that's something you, uh, you guys, you ladies out there, you can look forward to hearing uh, maybe Ken Coleman sometimes. So that's the big news. Nice. Um, nice. It's coming up in a few weeks. And uh, hopefully by the time I actually air this episode, um, <laughs> we'll have Ken interviewed. You know, we're about three episodes. Well, I keep a few episodes. Um, you know, we're, it's funny. We're kind of a current events, but I do keep an, um, a few episodes in the old, uh, Q, if you will. So a lot of times people well, are hearing what we talk about in a uh, late form if we're talking about a current event. Yeah, but we don't really talk about too many current events. It's more, you know, right retrospective mm-hmm. um, to, to some degree, at least what we talk about. You know who I would love to get on the show, Jason, exactly. which this is kind of behind the scenes, everybody. So I'm glad you could sit in on this meeting. Um <laughs> who's, t- who's taking minutes? All right. I want go. you to work your magic. 
and I would love to get um, Steve Craig from the river on the show. Ah, yes. My, uh, I would like to say my friend, Steve Craig, I've only talked to him a couple of times. <laughs> He's my um, friend. I met him and he signed an autograph. I'm kidding. No, he, I talked to him a little bit at one at like a smaller venue concert one time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm teasing. But I mean, it would be, it would be great to have on. I mean, yeah. a, a legit radio personality who's been in Atlanta radio for decades. Yeah. Yeah. If you can work your um, magic and see if you can find a way to get in touch with him, maybe. Hmm. Maybe um, I'll do that. Yeah. I would like to uh, have him on an interview. Yeah, dude, that'd be great, man. Steve Craig would be awesome. I'd love to get some old 99X stories. And Oh, yeah. I know he, he's been through a lot of adventures in his life. Um, I'm, I, I sent uh, another guy I would like to have on as English Nick at some point. From, uh, <laughs> yeah. The River Fame as well. But uh, yeah. I think he might be a little hard to get in touch with. I've, I've sent him an email, but I'll follow up at some point. I'll tell, you, I, I'll tell you somebody you might want to look into. Mm-hmm. um jimmy baron you know barnes really? leslie and jimmy fan because he's doing mostly like real estate stuff now i'll write him down yeah i mean i i would sure he would love to come on he's a interesting character um, oh I'm yeah not, for sure. i'm not sure about barnes and leslie but uh i know at least jimmy baron seems to be um uh, he's been at a few different events i've been at and i'm like oh man it's jimmy baron you know mm-hmm um, and I went to the 99X 25th anniversary thing they had a few years back, and they were all three there. Um, right. But then Jimmy showed up at a couple little concerts one time with his son. Um, but he said he's doing mostly he's doing commercial real estate right now. English uh, Nick. So you know you get all those guys on there. You know I mean that'd be be kind of it'd be kind of fun if you could find like an older an even older like radio personality of some like sort. Katie Kylie. Katie, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> she has some good stories. They all, I, I think radio, see, that's why I always loved radio because it, there's so much personality to radio that you don't get sometimes with TV or anything else, Yeah, you know, because you don't, you don't see them. You really have to listen. You have to kind of invest in that, that personality. Um, right. Well, you know, we're about 20 years behind on this podcast. I mean, maybe there's a few, but it would be nice to talk to a very old school person that's like in their late eighties, even or eighties, early. Oh, 80s, I know. Yeah. Talk about, yeah, yeah. you know, the the heyday of broadcasting mm-hmm. that'd be really cool 60s and 70s time that you know, would be I, really I can't cool. i can't think of too many people that are living or easy to get in touch with that you could talk to about that you know? somebody from wqxi back in the day in atlanta something like that um the original 96 rock mm-hmm. back in the days um yeah there's got to be people around you know? i think neil bortz would be a great interview just oh to, my um, gosh yeah that'd be great just to get some of his stories um oh yeah even if they're just his traveling stories it ain't have to be about his you know you could just ask him one stories. you could just ask him one question and probably be like whole show off of one question because he's just got he's got that much knowledge mm-hmm. um he's one of those he's one of those people i miss on the radio um, well, Neil brought a unique, um, he brought definitely a unique independent thinker's uh, mindset. Yeah. I mean, he and didn't help. <clears throat> when I used to listen to him, I went in, which I think is how you should with most people. Yeah. That you listen to on the radio. When I went into it, I wasn't thinking, okay, here's a guy that I'm going to like and listen and agree with everything he says. You know? Oh yeah, definitely not. I didn't agree with everything he said, but I, I liked him as a person and the way he did his radio show. There was a bit of shock value to it. Right. But but not in like the Howard Stern shock way, but like just oh, the no. kind of like I'm trying to almost keep people on the edge of being mad at me to keep people on the radio. It was really kind of cool, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and just all the people like he had on there, like Linda and all them. 
Um, even some of those people would be kind of cool to talk to. Some of the people that were like the sidekicks. Yeah, Belinda Skelton is still kind of around yeah, Belinda. the area. Um, yeah, and then that might be actually a great person. Yeah, just uh, just kind of you know talking about like the old radio. It'd be kind of cool to get some old radio sportscasters in there too. Yeah, you know? if that if any of them are still around because normally they they talk mm-hmm. till they die. You know, I've actually so. reached out to uh, Peter Mor- Moylan, yeah. Mor- Moylan of uh, the Braves, uh, former pitcher. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard from him yet, but I know those guys can be hard to get in touch with. Um, I mean, you know, look into. I mean, I know he's not really. He is a broadcaster now, but look into Jeff Francoeur. I know he's probably on your list. But, oh, well, that's a good idea. He actually is not. That's not a bad idea. Uh, yeah, with the baseball season, probably really busy though. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That have to be in the off season, but you could you could kind of plan for that, but. Sure. I mean, you know, he's local. He, you know, went to your high school and stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, he actually shows up at this religious gathering place that you go to. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him there and I've said hi to him, you know, I think they call um, that a church. I have too. And I said hi to yes. him as well. So there, yeah, he's just, um, he's a real personable guy. So, I mean, he, he would be kind of one of those interesting ones too, because he, you know, he started to have a career and then his career kind of ended. So yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, by professional standards, he had a decent career. It wasn't a superstar career. No. But, um, you know, he didn't – obviously, he won't be in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, you're, I don't know what your average baseball career is, but it's I would venture, I guess, of less than five years. And um, I think Probably, Jeff – Probably, yeah. I think – I want to say Jeff lasted maybe from seven to ten. I can't Probably, remember. Probably. Exactly. I don't either. Um, but, he, yeah, I mean – He became he, a he good journeyman. He left his – mark though i mean people oh, remember yeah. his name for a reason you know i mean oh definitely you know he's not going to be your dale murphy who should be in the hall of fame by the way people anybody right. listening that has any power put dale murphy in the freaking hall of fame but anyway um that you know and for that matter you can have sam on sam wallace yeah i've actually um i've got him on the list to maybe contact at some point to talk about some uh, stuff with the braves yeah um, um he's talk about a, a wealth of knowledge i mean there's your walking walk in baseball encyclopedia period yeah um yeah you know since we i grew up with this guy that i'm talking about people and he just seriously is a walking baseball stat anything um mm-hmm. and he has a job with the braves and i'm not gonna say any more about it because he hadn't talked to to gene yet but yeah there's a just a really really cool you know uh person but yeah there's and you know that connection can get you other connections too you know um, yeah that's true very true i'll have to say We'll look into it soon. I've um, that's right. Now that this board meeting is, is commencing, we can get yeah. to uh, now new that everybody business. in the world that uh, uh, <laughs> look, I, Jason, I'll tell you this all the time on here. I've looked at the analytics yeah. and um, <clears throat> I, I can see well, I don't know how the whole intranets work <laughs> as far as um, hubs go and you know, yeah. when they when they use the internet, where it comes out of and where it goes to and how it reaches here, you know, that sort of thing. It's all witchcraft. I'm wasting yes. time because I'm writing Sam Wallace down in my thing. Um, <laughs> but um, I look at the analytics and, you know, let's give a few shout outs here because I see you people. And I'm very thankful mm-hmm. for you. Um, we we are almost at the 200 download level. And, you know, I, I, now I'll grant you, Jason, 190 of those are me. Um, <laughs> just and, four, and three of them are you. So that means either your mom or my mom uh, listen to this or something. No, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, but um, I was looking at the, I got, we're looking at the analytics and I don't even, you know, whatever. Um, 
we get down here and look at the old locales and let me let me lay, name off a few cities that i uh -oh. see here and we have international it's shout out time boys have, and girls yeah <clears throat> we have international cities oh really yeah san francisco being one i'm kidding <laughs> it is like another country yeah i see you san francisco oh love you and it's and it's not my sister so i know maybe it, i don't know um perhaps barry bonds is tuning in let's mm, see uh perhaps some place called uh pile up p-u-y-a-l-l-u-p a place called fremont california that must be yeah yeah uh, uh we got miramar beach greer uh Greer, south carolina navan Greer, south carolina I, you know it doesn't tell me the states it only tells me cities greer south carolina it's the home of the bmw plant yeah ah perhaps someone's been listening to our uh Someplace called Linder. Mm. Um, there was a, uh, let me go back here. <laughs> to countries, Belgium, India, Greece, Australia, Ireland. Gene, we've made it to the other side of the world. Hey, top of the morning to you, Ireland. Wherever Gene, you are. People, people are listening to us on the other side of the world. Exactly. What I mean. Bless their hearts. They are either very bored or very entertained. I don't know. From here, from here in the south, bless your heart. Bless your <laughs> sweet little heart. Awesome. Probably trying to um troll us somehow. I don't know. Maybe trying to stalk you because you give out all that free information. Jason That's tells true. everybody what size his uh t-shirt is to his middle name, mm. which is uh lavender, I believe, right? Mm. Just kidding. Um, Jason, what is your social security number anyways, while we're on the subject? It's more than one. Is there a two in there? Possibly. All right. I've ne we've narrowed it down. <laughs> we've narrowed it down to, is there nine numbers in a social security number? There is, yeah, nine numbers. So we got eight numbers to go, people. We'll get them. We'll get them one day. We'll, in the next episode, we'll ask if there's a five, if there's a four. Um, so, Jason, I think what I can transition to talk about for the last few minutes here, yep, is um, a little piece of sad news, which I think is, um, yep, on all of our minds. Mr. Charlie Watts. Yep, um, rest in peace, brother. Of yep. the uh, Rolling Stones passed away. In many ways, our podcast has become a talk about music podcast, which is fine. We're both interested in it. That kind of works. Sort of a second gear of our podcast in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. Um, what do you think about Charlie? What, what's your well, uh, you're you know, a music guy? What, what do you think? You know, uh, there's actually oddly enough, a documentary came out yesterday on the day he died. Um, Seriously? Yeah, called Count Me In. Huh? Um, as in drummers, you know, count the band in one, two, two, three, four, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it's, it's about a lot of those old school drummers, um, Keith Moon, him, you know, a bunch of those guys back. I mean, journeyman's what the first thing I think of, you know, people that, I mean, heck, they were still touring, you know, right? like, I mean, and, you know, honestly, let's just, let's just put this out there. We all thought Keith Richard would be the first one to die of all of them, but, you know, Charlie died and it's just gleamed like he had a, a decently long life, full life, um, mm -hmm. you know, musically. I mean, he's he's like any drummer, the backbone of it. There are definitely some riffs from Rolling Stones fame that that you could attribute. That's like, OK, that's Charlie. Um, sure. You know, I, I think about the percussion stuff in Honky Tonk Woman, that kind of stuff. 
Um, you know, I don't think he, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I don't think he necessarily stood out as this like grand drummer, but I don't think you have to, to be a good drummer. You know, I don't think you, I don't think he wanted to. I don't think he did either. That's what, that's, what's kind of cool about it. It's like, he just had that. I mean, when you think of the Rolling Stones, you think work ethic, you know what I mean? All around, like nobody's been touring is, I mean, aside from the beach boys, as long as them, you know, really. And I mean, somebody can correct me on that. I'm sure there's another older, older band, but not with most of their members anyway. Um, and you know, Charlie, just you, you, I mean, where would a band be without the drummer, honestly? And you think about, you think about journeyman drummers like that, that don't really stand out, but they did bring that style to that band. And as much as Keith Richards guitar did, and obviously mixed voice, it, you know, it wouldn't have been there without Charlie and, Mm -hmm. You know, just seemed always kind of the calm, cool, collected Rolling Stone. You know, in many ways, he was off stage. Yeah, um, I've I've read a little bit about him today because I didn't honestly. I never really thought much about him. I didn't um, either, really. But yeah, I um, I, I heard some people talking about him today on the radio, and I watched a great interview that was about seventeen minutes on YouTube about from maybe like nineteen sixty six. It was really interesting because, I mean, I don't guess he was even in his mid-20s maybe. Um, but it was, he was pretty uh, clairvoyant, I mean, just yeah. for being that young. And, you know, and it was a Brit- – it's, it's funny when you listen to some of those British interviews back then. And then, it seems like they would ask some of the most, like, disrespectful is not the word for it, but it would just be like – it'd be a question like, so so has all this fame gotten to your head yet? It'd be yeah. like questions like that, you know, like loaded question or something. Yeah. Like, and he would just be like, well, no, I don't think it's gotten to my head. Da, 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 you know? <laughs> but it would just be like these questions. And then I found another uh, interview that was about 30 minutes long from maybe the nineties. Um, I don't know if you remember Bob Costas used to have a late show back in the nineties mm-hmm. and he was on there of all people that had filled in for Bob Costas, Matt Lauer back when he had a lot of hair, um, he was doing it. And, you know, as the, it started out really rocky to me because at the beginning, Matt was asking him questions like, I mean, I don't know if somebody made these questions for him to ask, but it was like, you got all this fame, you know, what does that, what does that mean to you? What is it? What's the impact that has on you? You know, some <laughs> and, of these questions. Yeah. I know. And he was just kind of like, well, you know, I'm just, I just like to think of myself as a drummer, (laughs) but as that interview went on, it got better. The questions got a little bit better, you know, and I was just like, why don't you ask him what his favorite hobbies are? Why don't you ask him what he, you know, what he likes to do with the band when they're off stage? I mean, you know, or where he likes to vacation. I mean, ask him what is, you know, ask him about him. (laughs) We all kind of know that he's a great drummer. We don't need to ask him how does it feel to be such a great drummer in this position. I mean, just have to put yourself in that own position. I'm sure it's kind of, you know, surreal. I mean, to be drumming that late in your life, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people back, we always say those, those people from that era are built of different stuff, you know? Well, you're only um, allowed, you're only alive as God permits it, but. Right. But to be alive and playing drums, yeah. which is a, the most physical instrument mm-hmm. in a band, for that long into that age, it's like, wow. 
You right. Know? And in the I modern mean, age, you know, people are living well past 70 more often. Right. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this very physical talent art art form that I'm doing because I don't know, I don't know what else to do. That's what I do. I'm a drummer, you know, like, and that's kind of what I thought of him is that mm-hmm. kind of humble for lack of a better term. Um, humble journeyman is what I think about people like him. Yeah. Um, Cause you don't, sometimes, you know, you know, obviously those, the guitarist and the lead singer get the, get the glory in most bands. Sure. Sure. And, you know, even they know that they wouldn't be there without the drummer. And of course they would always, you know, acknowledge that, but then you get people that like him that don't choose to make themselves be in the spotlight, you know? Yeah. Um, you're John, you know, you get your great drummers that weren't really in the spotlight other than for their talent, but like, you know, your John Bottoms, your Keith Moon, your Neil Peart, you know, those kind of guys, Lars Ulrich. Um, right. Uh, you know, you go all the way back to Buddy Rich and those kind of guys, Keaton, yeah. Gene Krupa, you know, those, those are drummers that are just, you know, they're giants, uh, but not because they didn't keep the band in time and did something. They still did the journeyman work, um, but they're just different people that stand out. And I don't think, I think he stood out because he didn't stand out. If that makes sense. You know, yeah, that's for sure. Um, well, like I said, he was a humble guy that, um, you know, he was, um, it, it's funny, like, like when a lot of these um, celebrities or musicians, whatever, when they pass away, how everybody wants to write the first article kind of chronicling their life or whatever. And I'm always sort of in the feeling of, you know, you should just sort of honor the guy for what he accomplished. Don't really worry about because yeah. you know you'll read an article and it'll say, "Oh, he had a substance abuse problem in 1997 or whatever," you know, or yeah. or this guy had a cheating whatever, you know, and you're it's sort of like, just don't worry about that right now, you know. Let people just kind of say, "Hey, thank you for being a good drummer. You contributed yeah. to a lot of songs that I like." I mean, I'm um, you know I listen to all kinds of songs and Rolling Stones playing on satellite radio, you know, and do all the different like classic vinyl channels and, mm-hmm. you know, this, that, and the other. Um, Married to the same woman, by the way, since like uh, yeah. mid sixties. Yeah. I mean, awesome. I mean, just there's, that's what I'll say. Journeyman, like just even keeled kind of guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you got to do it. I mean, you know, the, the Rolling Stones famously have an incident where they weren't allowed into the U.S. because of drug stuff back in the day. So they all kind of have that little stigma over them, but who didn't back then? And so you just sit there thinking, like, through all that, right. he was married to the same person he was, you know, through decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, I can think- tell, okay. had a really rich life, you know, and had great family that were around him when he died. You know, another thing I think that uh, we as Americans or a lot of Americans don't think about that I'm beginning to understand a little more and re- and I think it'd be a great book to uh, for somebody to write one day. Um, a lot of these English guys, and he talked about this in this interview, um, were um, fascinated and entranced by American, um, black American blues music. Yep. You yep. know, uh, the Buddy Guys, the Delta Blues. Chicago yep. blues, all that stuff, all that great stuff. And uh, in that interview, he was saying that, you know, 
he said that what so many people have known is that basically you got these um these english these white english guys in england they're basically emulating what became their heroes you know black uh yeah you know um americans that were singing the blues basically and then they were just like rebranding the product for lack of a better word in a lot of ways mm -hmm. to make it their own and who and lo and behold who gets excited and, and buys all of it are the white americans that you know uh which i'm sure a lot of the black americans at the time you know um yeah we i mean we 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 assume things like that but you know that that music obviously is around for a reason so it couldn't just appeal to one race you know mm -hmm. um but well yeah you look at any of them i mean look at led zeppelin very blues based oh, um you know you look at any of those bands from back then i mean even the beatles were like hey you know these are the people we idolize it's like you said your lead belly your muddy waters those kind of guys right um and there's a reason i mean it was great it's great music that's why and it, um, oh yeah definitely and to me it's not just a rebranding it's sort of you know um extending it in some ways yeah you know exactly they're just saying, like it, allowing it to live on yeah you're like buddy guy i love the kind of music you make now let me i'm going to make the kind of music that i interpret it as being right and buddy guy would say he loves that you know that's kind of like it's a it's it's not insulting to them it's like yeah. it's an honor to them um i can't tell you how many behind the music type things i've seen where the name uh muddy waters comes up <laughs> yeah muddy waters definitely muddy yeah. waters one of the greatest yeah um muddy waters lead belly back in the day um you know there's there's all kinds of of origins of that stuff but yeah you get these british bands that that was what they listened to and and charlie was in, influenced a lot by the jazz music as well and, yeah uh, yeah so your gene krupa your your buddy rich type style mm -hmm. players your big band jazz players from back in the day um which i know very little about jazz so you'd probably be much more versed in that than i I mean i'm not i'm not i'm not well versed in it i just i know enough to be dangerous um <laughs> that you know that's where a lot of things come from you know there's no there's nothing new under the sun musically like mm -hmm. you're not going to find a new note um so everything kind of builds on something else and there's influences in all different kinds of music you know uh, obviously the blues i think is the biggest influence on rock right um right but you can find elements of jazz in there you can find all kinds oh, of things. yeah definitely definitely appalachia country as well in some ways. right right exactly which is very very related to blues wise oh yeah. um very closely related so there's even you know regional things that are <clears throat> that are definitely related for, to each other you know yeah. i think for some people they don't understand this and you have to be i think a southerner and you know i i grew up in an area that was not very um you know, um, well, for lack of a better word, it was a very wide area. But uh, for places that like in Mississippi, we'll say where Elvis came from. Mm -hmm. And you had, you know, country music, we'll just say on the one side. And then you had a lot of the blues on the other side. A lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, white people and black people during that time of segregation, they didn't always just segregate. A lot of times they melded and mended together and were yep. friends, you know, especially the kids and especially young kids. You know, they would. Yep like the Elvis and whatever, you know, they would, they would be around other, other people that were other races. And a lot of times their music's melded together, you know, and, that, and that's a good point. That's a good point because, you know, even my mom talks about on, you know, her street, she would go play with people, of different races. It didn't matter. You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't one of those things where it was made now. I mean, obviously back then there were certain lines that were unfortunately drawn for certain activities, but, 
on the day-to-day basis, you're right. People intermingled for a reason uh, right. because it's just what you did. That's who was around. And there's a lot more nuance is my point. Than they, right. And, and, and especially musically. Yeah. Especially musically. Mm-hmm. That's where you can see the nuances, but you can listen, you can hear it. Yeah. You're right. Like, I mean, you think about Elvis, I mean, flat out influenced by that. I mean, that's, that's most of his music. Um, and he, proclaimed that too he, he was he was one of those people that that proudly admitted that you know because it's like that's where it came from his memphis right. style you know mm-hmm. i mean and largely you can tell just just saying this out loud you can tell demographically when you go to certain cities where the influences came from and that's a good thing that's part of our culture sure. you know that's part of why yes a lot of bands came out of la back in the day in the you know the laurel mm-hmm. canyon scene right so that has a <clears throat> sound mm-hmm. but you definitely hear like the 50s 60 early 60s rock has more of a blues bluesy jazz based sound from like delta area or from you know chicago style that kind of thing um right and if you take i, I took music history classes uh in college and that was probably one of the most interesting thing is to see the evolution of it and how things built on each other and that's and that's part of it with any of these artists you know when you get a chance to kind of look into them when they die you look back at music and you go okay there really is a lot of similarities there's a lot of similarities with rolling stones definitely in blues Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know i mean all of it i mean you can take i mean honky tonk woman that song could have been done by anybody back in the day and it would sound very good like that not right. that not to not cheapening their song i'm just saying it, it sounds like it could have been done by somebody else right no yeah no definitely i um i love hearing um every now and then going back to hearing some of the blues covers that the beatles did or their stones did in their early mm-hmm. work just to uh just to see how they interpreted it because you think about it um cross-culturally you know some um some english blokes if you will that were living in you know south side of london or wherever um they they just had to sort of imitate. You know, they didn't know what it was like to live down on the bayou, you know, as a, yeah. as, a as like maybe a poor black man or you know whatever you know um, <laughs> type person that was living in that area. You know, I mean, they weren't a sharecropper, so I mean, they had to, you know, they had they, they were just listening to it, and they had to kind of create their own blues of what they you know were ever. Uh, but for that matter, they didn't have like a lot of them, you know, it was definitely not a rich lifestyle. Oh, definitely not. No, no. In London, that's, a, you know, there's a lot of that, especially in, in Great Britain, you know, there's a little bit more of a a hard time, especially in, in those kind of areas. Oh, definitely blue collar for sure. Yeah. So it emulates the areas, which is why I think they, a lot of the reason why they We're fell in love with that style of music. Yeah, because they, they mm-hmm. could they could hear their own struggle in that. Oh yeah. If you ever w- listen to a, um, you ever listen to an interview with like Ozzy Osbourne or, um, Eric Clapton, mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly mm-hmm. what their background was. It was like rough and tumble. Oh yeah. Kind of Ozzy, um, especially. Yeah. 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 And then when, and when they heard the blues, they're like, this is the only thing I can relate to. I can't relate to, you know, hearing this, you know, a, you know, kind of a posh, whatever classical stuff that was going on at the time, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, you, and you don't think about Ozzy and and Eric Clapton having a hard life, but you know that I mean, there's a reason their music has a certain, for lack of a better term, pain to it. Well, Ozzy, ways, Ozzy came yeah. from the rough streets of Birmingham, right? Yeah, 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 and you know he talks about it when you can understand him. Um, <laughs> he definitely has that brogue down. I mean, it's it's a different kind of accent, 
Um, but you know, there's, there's, like you said, there's a lot of similarities in all of that. And you can definitely tell where influences come from. And we forget how much our music, which that's what the Delta blues is. It's our music, you know, here in America influenced that British invasion style of music, which is what the Rolling Stones are. And, you know, in, in large part, I mean, you can just say, I mean, Rolling Stones had more staying power mm-hmm. than even the Beatles did, you know? Oh, um, staying power for sure. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I, you know, I yeah. wonder even if all of them were still alive, I don't think they would have kept it going. I think they would have just stayed apart anyway. I don't think, I mean, obviously they were stayed apart until the first, you know, until John Lennon died anyway. So it wasn't something they were unfamiliar with, but Rolling Stones just kept it going, you know? I mean, it's like, you know, well, before I forget this thought, um, the other thought that I had too was that um, these guys that came out of that era, unlike, for instance, Elvis, um, Carl Perkins, the whole rockabilly yeah. scene that came out of yep. America, yep. Um, those guys in England, they were, they came out of post war Britain. You know, they were born into that post war Britain, which was a different, a whole different um, culture and society yep. uh, than the post war America was. Oh, you totally know? different. Yeah. I mean, so I, I think sometimes you have to look at that in a yep. bigger picture to get an idea of where these guys were coming from. Um, oh, yeah. I agree. Uh, that is a, that's a good point. We just assumed that they, they were like us post war, but they weren't. You know, they had a whole lot of damage to deal with and a lot of infrastructure. Yeah. To they and their parents had to hide under shelters. Oftentimes they were born. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't know that struggle. <laughs> we, honestly, we didn't, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. barring the few people, you know, I mean, the people in Hawaii, we didn't know that struggle of having to be, you know, mm-hmm. air raid sirens, that kind of stuff. You know, that, that, that leaves a mark on, on kids. And their parents yeah. and how they raise them. Yeah. And their parents, you know, you think about some of these people that were, that were up and coming in the sixties as, as artists were kids during that war. Well, you know, Charlie, we Charlie would have been born in 41, I guess. Right. Or 40. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so he would have been at least been a, a young child, but, right in the middle of it. His, you know, imagine his parents, you know, with a newborn in the middle of world war two and you yeah, get Hitler we don't even know. <laughs> yeah. We don't even know that struggle. You know, I'm like, we hear you know stories about yes, our our people sacrificed by going overseas, but to have it happen on your homeland is a completely different kind of sacrifice. Right. And you got to do the whole rebuilding after that. I don't know how long it took right. England to rebuild after the, all of that, but I bet it took I mean, less. It took more than ten years, I bet. Oh yeah, exactly. And you just you we assume because they were one of the good guys that they were fine. No, they were, you know, they were having to rebuild. I mean, we helped a lot with that, but still it takes time to rebuild all that stuff. And it takes time to rebuild a society and a way of doing things and, you know, get people involved. And and the music that came out of that era and that the era of the sixties, which still remembered that time, you know, they still remembered that, that time in England. And uh, largely there was probably a lot of stuff that was still being rebuilt. You know, it could have taken that long. We don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, being a different society anyway, um, it, well, it kind of, you know, it just kind of, it came out to me, it came out in the music in the 60s from there. You know, here, here's something to think about as a um, side anecdote. Um, Paul McCartney is 79 years old. Yep. He was born in 42. Um, yep. And I can remember a story that Paul, and you've probably heard this before. His dad 
was older when he was born, like in his 40s. So his dad was not a British fighter, as far as I know, at least not in World War II. But you can think about that. If you know his dad being a probably I don't know late thirties or early forties guy, you know, and, that, and he's got a young family during that time period. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just thinking about what sort of um, trauma slash you know kind of um, therapy they had to go through of their own to get over all of that as they moved into the new um, the decades that followed World War Two, right know, through the fifties and whatnot, um, and how that affected their kids. I, I say all that to. to to say that that um, all of those um, British, the British invasion, if you will, which the Stones were part of, um, would not have happened. A, I would assume, if World War II had not happened, and B, it is part of um, the yep. what came out of that. Right, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. There was a there was a need, a struggle for a need for escape musically, a need for inspiration musically, and they found it in our music. And they emulated it. They mm-hmm. they took it and made it their own, and that's what came here, you know. And and we all loved it, you know. It's like, <clears throat> which is I mean, kind of funny, yeah. Yeah, I mean, who but, doesn't love a Rolling Stone song? You know, at least one. You know? Yeah. Well, you think about it too, like uh, they. Okay, so you have um, blues singers in America, jazz singers, maybe even some country singers that were, you know, cross pollination, you know, mix um, influence between the two in america they influence mm-hmm. um white probably mostly poor english kids mm-hmm. and then they become and then they get into singing and they they create records that uh that americans love and yep. that sprouts suburban white kids <laughs> I, i'm thinking of about boston uh aerosmith yeah. the eagles yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean you, know? you got a whole nother wave i mean it just it builds on each other and it's like is so it like they end up you know influencing the american kids that would become like the big stars of the 70s that were like well i was a, you know people like don henley or um yeah <laughs> i mean think about like yeah think about and then that continues to sprout other bands like think about the 80s bands and then all of a sudden you've got there's a rebellion that needs to happen and there's a punk scene from that, you know, there's a, mm-hmm. but they emit the punk scene emulated the British side of things. And then the, out of the punk scene became the grunge alternative. So it like it, you, you, when you see the evolution of how things kind of, it's not out of necessity, but it kind of feels like that. Like, okay, we need this because there's this, we need the, the anti of this because there's this. You know, uh, you know, these are classical, you know, Glenn Miller stuff. So now we need rock and roll. We need this. You know, and then there's it, it all it all kind of builds on itself. But it's all it's all attributed to each other. There's no there's no like getting away from those links. You know, you reminded me of that old um, black and white video of the guy that has the record. And he goes, rock and roll has got to go. And he puts yeah. the record over the I know. And then the funny. Table. Like, I mean, think about it. We don't, we don't, we, there's, there's a time frame of music and a style of music that we like to forget disco, but <laughs> it, it came in a time when people wanted to do that. You well, know? you know, but, I'm not going to lie. Disco is a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> I know, Gene. You, you've got polyester somewhere in your house and you, you, you don't know. <laughs> you know what? I do actually. And I might just wear it next episode. That's right. Um, I don't think I won't. Um, but, but you think about it, it's a good point. Like there's things come out of necessity. Like there's a need for this kind of art. There's a need for this kind of music. There's a need for that. And it comes out of a lot of times struggle and strife. 
create some of the best stuff. Um, I don't know what was Except going maybe on. Auto tune. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know what was going on in Seattle in the late '80s, early '90s, but there was some strife, apparently. Um, so you know, you just got to kind of, you know, look at that and figure out, you know, yeah. where everything comes from, and so. It's a beautiful yeah, view I mean, of the uh, mantle, by the way. Yes, look at this mantle with this nice mirror. No. <laughs> well, um, I um, oh well. Before we go though, I do want to do a, um, one other thing, and uh, maybe we'll come back and do an, a, a, um, a more in um, deep, in depth uh, talk about the Rolling Stones. But yeah, uh, yeah. let's end it here. We'll um, what um, what are some of the Rolling your favorite Rolling Stones songs that come to mind? Uh, you know, I wish I know we can't play them on here. You know, just for copyright and FCC yeah. rules, you probably don't want to be playing music. But we can mention them, and we can talk about them, and we can, you know, sometimes even sing them. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, for me, I've got some deeper cut stuff. Um, Wild Horses is a good one. Um, that one to me has always been, you know, one of those ones that just kind of kind of resonates um it's one of those songs that makes you kind of get uh the chill bumps yeah i it, exactly um for as much as i love like you can't always get what you want i think that's a great song um great message too <laughs> um but there's a there's a deep cut that you need to look up and it's it's called out of time there's two versions the strings version is the better version hmm. and it came on a compilation album that the record company put together after they dropped them as, a, as an artist, they put together this weird thing that came out in like 1970, but it was actually recorded in the sixties. Hmm. Um, but it's uh, called out of time. Um, it's been featured in a movie or two, but it's just got a great, like, especially with the strings, it just plays off of everything really well. And you can, you can hear Charlie's drumming really, um, really kind of in the forefront of that song. Um, and uh, I just it it moves you, and I I think you know everybody like you know sympathy for the devil, an interesting song. You know I like what it I like what it said, but yeah, those are just a few. Yeah. Okay. Uh, excuse me. I think that um, if I had the well favorite album, it's probably Sticky Fingers for me. Mm. Um, I don't know if you got a favorite album or not. I don't know. It's a hard one. Um, because I always forget what albums everything's on, honestly, with them. I mean, every song of Sticky Fingers is really good. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That, that is probably cl- up there for me. And Exile on Main Street's a really good one as well. Um, uh, Tattoo was good. Can't You Hear Me Knocking might be my favorite Rolling Stones song. I don't know. It's a really good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And Sway is a really cool song. You know, it's funny. I, I gained even more of an appreciation for them as I got older. You know, because it wasn't your, you know, can't get no satisfaction style. It wasn't the the early stuff. It was the deep cuts. And, the, you know, you listen to a whole album. You're just like, wow, that song was amazing. Mm-hmm. They should have played that on the radio, you know, but they had enough hits without even having to play deep cuts. Um, well, if we I mean, delve I, back into my early childhood, um, one of the first videos I remember watching is Start Me Up. That's true, because everybody forgets that was an 80s song. <laughs> yeah. And you got Mick Jacker with his pink shirt on and yeah, <laughs> stop me up. It's still a great song, though. 
Um, you know, and they had songs into the '90s and stuff that run over here. You love is strong and Neil so deep. That one with the, where they're all giants walking around New York. You know, in the video. That I mean, there's just they had staying power. They could make a song that would be a hit, even you know when they're decades past their prime. It's like pretty cool that 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 kind of exists to me. Yeah, to um, be to be kind of a jam band song type deal, where a lot of their songs just sort of sound like they're just jamming. <clears throat> like for instance, Angie to me is a really good one, and Ruby Tuesday. Yeah, just oh yeah, Ruby Tuesday definitely good. Yeah. I I forget about and oh gosh, Angie, yeah. See, I could just sit there and go off, and it, it just, I mean, obviously, I think fade to or yeah. Paint it black. I almost said fade to black. That's, that's phallic adjacent. Uh, f- Paint it black is a good one too. Yeah, and um, for for better or for worse, I think the um, the two events of the '60s to me that come to mind in pop culture that changed it. For, like I said, for better or worse, has to be um, Ed Sullivan introducing the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Yeah, you know. Um, to me, it just sort of ushered in a new um, kind of pop culture, if you will. Started yeah. the whole Beatlemania. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Ed Sullivan could say could take credit for a lot of those moments, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Elvis, I mean, all kinds of stuff. You know, there's, I mean, you know, back in the day, before, you know, when they, that was what people, you know, waited for. For their to watch the TV because there's no recording it. You had to watch it, you know, when you when it came on, and that oh, yeah. was your that was your window to the world. And mm-hmm. there's a, there's kind of a cool innocence to that. Um, yeah, watch that watch the miss. Beatles as a um, hundred screaming fourteen year old girls. Right, you could barely hear the music. <laughs> yeah, and I <laughs> well, know sound sound yeah. technology wasn't what it was today, wasn't what it is today. But man, they were having a trouble keeping that sound out. Um, well, maybe. Um, yeah, I was gonna say maybe next maybe next time we'll at least do half of an episode where we kind of go do a deeper dive into the old Rolling Stones catalog and uh, yeah, um, it, I mean it's too bad we can't play their songs on here to kind of use as a oh yeah as a visual I mean as an audio kind of example because it it sometimes talking about the songs doesn't quite do it justice. I mean we're not running an actual radio broadcast, so we can, oh, we yeah. don't have we don't have the rights to play them, but. It would be um, nice if yeah, if I had if I could do sound bites, I totally would. Yeah, there's there's rules about how long they can be, and it's just yeah, it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when we sit and talk about it, but it, yeah, I agree with you. It's like there's so many. They're just one of those bands that was just always there and always had hits. And you know, like I said, everybody has a a, a Rolling Stone songs they love. You know, it's not. You know, I don't really hate any of their stuff. I mean, some of their their cheesier stuff, obviously. Well, you don't have to like every song. But That's for sure. I, I definitely have more of an appreciation for them the older I get because it's just you realize how much that music from that era changed the world, you know, and and they were a part of that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, here's my deep thought of the night before we go. Um, okay. The Stones, for me, Char- people like Charlie Watts. Yeah. Um, you think about some of the people that have passed away last couple of years even. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Cornell. Um, mm. I can't even think of some of them right now. Prince. Yeah, Prince. Um, <clears throat> we oftentimes, um, we talk about, this is kind of a common theme on our show, 
of <laughs> finding finding your place in life, finding your yep. calling, what you are meant to do. Um, and, um, you know, Prince wasn't meant to be a great movie star, even though he was in a movie, <laughs> his own movie. It was actually in a few, he was in a few movies, but yeah. Yeah. But, but he was, you know, he was the lead guy, Prince in the revolution, you know, and did his own thing. I mean, that, that he was the showman, um, Michael Jackson, that was his place. Charlie Watts. He was happy being back there, being the drummer, you know, um, you think about, um, I don't know, flee from, uh, red yeah, hot chili peppers. You know, he is glad that he is the side man. That's the basis, you know? Yep. yep. I mean, and, and some people might say some people, I guess I say that as some people might be like, oh, I'm just a darn basis. You know, I wish I could be the lead guitar player or whatever. I, I couldn't tell you the, the lead guitar player's name of, um, red hot chili peppers, but I could tell you flea's name. Um, <laughs> so I don't know to me, it's sort of a, a, um, a theme that, you know, we, you should be the best that you can be in your own lane, where you are, what you're doing. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. I mean, I've been in cover bands as lead singer, and I know that's more my talent. I can play guitar, but I'm not a guitarist, you know? And I just, yeah, you sometimes you got to know in situations. I mean, it could work for anything in life, but definitely in a, in a place where you've got to collaborate with others oh yeah to make one thing work which is what a, a band is um i mean you look at rush and you look at you know all three of those guys are top notch at whatever they do um and could easily be ranked in the top 10 usually of of what they are um but you know, you got one guy that shines above them who wrote the music and played drums and was considered probably the greatest drummer to ever breathe air. Um, but that. yeah, let's not get into our Russia uh, episode. No, yet, but please. I'm saying like, you're kidding. You, I'm just saying you get like, you get, sometimes you'll get somebody from an odd spot that'll rise above. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But, but largely, you know, people know their place and they know that this is what I'm good at. This is, this is my contribution to this, this machine that is this band or this, you know, company or this, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, um, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. It's, it's sad to see him die, but he did live a long, a, a decently long life and had a lot of, you know, accomplishment to it and was part of one of the longest touring bands ever period, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so rest in peace, Charlie, whatever, whatever that means to, those of us that actually have faith, um, uh, just, uh, yeah, your music, your music lives on. Yeah. And, oh. and it's, uh, that we'll, we'll, we'll make sure to keep it in time for you. There we go. You had to go there, <laughs> didn't you, Jason? I had to, I had to make a, I had to make a joke. All um, right, Jason. Well, I think I'm going to end it there. Um, all right. We could go five hours, but I think that, um, <laughs> unless you feel like buying me a $3,000 computer, I think we'll end it today. Yeah, I think I think that's a good, good place to end there. <laughs> Let's just do an eight-hour Saturday show where we just talk for eight hours, and that would sandwich. be a, that could be a live show. That could be you know us a in the same show. room, the same room talking. Be like yeah. these people that do their live. You watch a guy that's he he's live casting him watching a show or a sporting <laughs> yeah. sporting event. Yeah. Like, I don't want to watch you watching something or watch kids playing a game. Yeah. Anyway, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us, and bye, Jason. Goodbye, sir.